0: have gun will travel. What is it like to have the dream turn reality of being a major market morning show talent? What's the path like to get there? Some people are, are like really focused on this. They want to know how do you make that happen? How does that occur? What matters when you create a morning show in a major city? This episode of our podcast focuses on on exactly these kinds of things. And we brought somebody, maybe more than one. Who knows? That's an ideal person for us to talk to on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. Are you ready to enjoy any of our episodes? Listen, you only need to be interested in others, want to grab some thoughts and wisdom about how others are being successful in radio right now. Welcome to The Encouragers, the Radio Rally Podcast. What you are about to hear will be focused on lifting you up, giving you good advice and hearing stories of an amazing radio pro and uncovering the path forward in radio right now. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. Our difference is that we help treat your entire business, programming and sales. We provide affordable help for local broadcasters looking to make more money. We're a branding specialist, branding specialist who help our clients fully develop the right position for their local radio brands in their market, coach local morning shows and other talents design and execute station architecture, provide weekly music updates, even produce daily music logs, provide excellent voice trackers, sales and promotional ideas that move the revenue needle and a lot more. We are absolutely confidential, market exclusive for radio, and we focus on helping clients generate more revenue. Sounds fun, right? Do you have a problem that gets in the way of your next level of ratings or revenue? Reach out anytime, F-O-R-D, at RainMakerPathway.com. Listen to this. January 12th, okay, 10 days, right? Let me tell you what's coming up to our podcast, leveraging radio's relationship with consumers, radio's real value story, how strong brands should command premium value. On this special event, we will share ideas to help boost your Q1 revenue. We also will discuss the relationship between brand, trust and consumers, known to us as listeners, of course. My co-host for this radio revenue event is Chris Fleming from CD Media Consulting. And we have two special guests. And listen to these guests Aaron Callahan is gonna be with us from Frituri Media. If you don't know them, oh my God, you should. And you should definitely know Aaron because she is a revenue expert. Also speaking of revenue experts, Richard Harlow, the market manager for Dick Broadcasting in Greensboro, North Carolina, is gonna be on that live event and podcast event too. By the way, we do have a quarterly sales event regularly on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. You go to our blog, look for sales events in the little tabs you'll see it there at the top of the page, and you can listen to every one of our 2022 sales events right now, but do it after this podcast event. Remember, January 12th, 2023. Hear from experts about trends, branding, relationships, and improving your sales in Q1 2023. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. We're only about a minute away from talking to John Moog, and it's Moog and Angie Mornings, Star 101.5, Seattle, Washington. You are not gonna believe these guys. See our full guest calendar all the way into, we're almost in March right now scheduling because we schedule ahead. You can get that in our free blog section, rainmakerpathway.com. We also don't lock away anything on our website the way some other consultants do. That's because we believe in this theory of abundance So go to RainmakerPathway.com anytime, see what you can get for free from our team. John, welcome to the Encouragers, the radio rally. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm great. Thank you for uh, for having me on. I have looked forward to this for a long time because you're so positive. It's so exciting just to have the interaction with you. And I was like, man, I wonder if it's really like that in person. And boom, (laughs) here you are
1: all right right. well yeah
0: i guess i have something to live up to then
1: i'll yeah it's a lot of
0: a lot of stress right yeah so let's start here i i want you to go back to the original home base where did you grow up
1: uh so i grew up in uh las vegas nevada obviously uh and um I got my start in radio there, but I i mean, really, as a child, I, I grew up listening to uh, KLUC, the big top 40 station there. And that's, you know, ultimately where I ended up getting my start.
0: Mm. Well, I want you to tell us about the this is probably the stop before. Or maybe it wasn't. I don't know. But I'm going to ask. Tell us about the University of Las Vegas. What was your goal at the university?
1: So real quickly, I will tell you this. Um, When you work in radio and you go to do career day at different schools, they always tell you, make sure that you say, go to college. I went to college because I really wanted to do radio, but I didn't think that that was a possibility. And so, you know, I started as a film major and I moved to secondary education. I decided I was going to be a band teacher and then I decided I was going to be an English teacher. And so my final major was English. I never got any degree uh, at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, and that's because during my time there, I finally got the courage to um, go get my start at the radio station. Okay, well, let's talk about that, because I was going to ask,
0: how did you cross paths with the radio business for the first time? But it sounds like you're already listening to the radio station, and then what? one day you just
1: got the courage to what? So I, I don't know how much time you got here, but I was radio obsessed as a kid. In fact, there's a picture of me in sixth grade um, with my boom box, with my arm around my boombox, And I remember um, when messaging on the Internet first became a thing, messaging one of the local uh, night guys asking how to get into radio. Um, In high school, I started a school radio program. It wasn't like a broadcasting radio station, but it was a radio program, essentially music and entertainment at lunch. And um, we put together me and a friend of mine put together a proposal for the uh, uh, principal to listen to as to why we wanted to put together this program and how it would benefit the school and how it would benefit us. And they ultimately allowed us to do it. We ran wiring from this little closet to the cafeteria and I got to play radio. And um, so that's really where my path with radio crossed is that I was just so obsessed. But. I remember thinking that wanting to be a radio DJ or radio personality of any sort at that age, 17, 18 years old. I remember thinking that that's wild. Like saying that I want to be an astronaut or a movie star. Like that's just not in the cards and not. So you thought it was unattainable. I thought it was totally unattainable. And so I thought, all right, well, let me be responsible and go get some sort of college degree. And in that process, um, I was still so obsessed with radio. Um, and that's all I would really talk about. My stepdad said, you should go, you know, get one of those jobs where they stand under a tent and they hand out cassette tapes, which at that point they were giving away CDs, but point's still the yeah, same. Right. I remember thinking, well, I don't wanna do that. I'm gonna be on the radio. Um, and he was like, yeah, but you gotta start at the bottom. And ultimately, finally I had a roommate, her name is, uh, was, is Jenny. And she said, John Moog, would you stop being such a wuss and go apply for the job at the radio station. That's all you ever think about. That's all you ever talk about. Just do it. And uh, I did. And a career was born. Uh, I was 20 years old. So it was about two years after I graduated high school, before I finally got the courage to go apply at the radio station. And it's a good thing I did because so far it's worked out. All right. So I'm going to back up because you're saying so many interesting things all at once.
0: Uh, Number one, uh, what did your dad do for work?
1: Oh, okay, so uh, my stepdad, who I was talking about in this yes, yes. context, uh, is a heavy equipment mechanic. So buses, trucks, tractors—like he, he has his own whole, you know, career in that—and is probably All right. So, so he sees you and goes, "Yes, yes, you can do this." Yeah, he's I think, supportive of you, right? Yeah, very much. I think he thought this is a kid who can't change his own oil. Go do something with your brain.
0: Oh. <laughs> right. Lord, let, let radio save my kid. Right. So um, so here's the other thing. You went and pitched this principle when you wired up the cafeteria. Okay. Do you sort of become famous in the school?
1: No. Uh <laughs> well, how come? Oh. So this everybody's getting it, right? uh, Everybody's getting it. This is the summer of 2002. um, And they literally allowed us to get a ladder and run wires across the school um, and, and to play music. What it became was people knocking on the door and, you know, pounding on the door and going the music that you play sucks. Play this yellow card and I go okay I'll play yellow card and then somebody else would come in and go what is that yellow card sucks play Britney Spears and so well, when you got a cafeteria full of high school kids there's no way to just you know satisfy all of them musically but we did the best we could a can. little fickle right yeah a little bit fickle um yeah. I don't think it necessarily made me uh, popular um but i think people knew that i did that and that i was the one in charge of music so there was a little bit of like hey come on man play this but it was very much in a way that was like come on what you're playing sucks play this and uh but it it was it was so much fun and because i got to be at both lunches but you know playing playing radio and they didn't have a you know a course credit for that so on my high school transcript i have an a in photography and I had to stop by the photography teacher's class every day just to wave and say I'm here, and that's how they, you know, took attendance for me. Um, but I was unsupervised uh, for my junior and senior year during this what what was it fourth or fifth period or whatever it was, um, just playing music in a little room, and it was it was a blast. Now, if you're
0: listening to John talk, he just self-identified the number one way to be successful in radio is to start early and be unsupervised. Yeah. That is definitely our people so i'm going to bounce around a little bit but i want to be i want to be clear that i'm going to cover kluc because i have so much respect for what you did there but first i'm going to say you did mornings in denver at Mm -hmm. 92.5 the wolf what did you learn from that
1: experience john you know what that was a really cool experience in that it was mornings in denver i uh I, i was 20 i had just turned 28 i've been doing nights in vegas and i had an opportunity to go to a major market like denver and and do mornings now what i learned is that um country is a format that is unlike any other uh country is a format that you have to live and breathe that lifestyle and that certainly was not me um though <clears throat> and, and country audiences can sniff that out and they will, yes. they will tweet you, they will call you and they will go, you are not the guy. And, uh, they did that and they were right. Um, but at the same time, it was a great learning experience for me and it was something I could put on my resume and go, Hey, look, look what I did. I, I got to go to Denver and do a team show, uh, with a wonderful woman named Jamie. Um, and you know, I got to, I got to play morning radio, which was my live stream at that point. And so, um, you know, if it hadn't been country, maybe I would still be there. I don't know, but um, I did learn that I'm not a country guy <laughs> in that experience. Well,
0: you know, country people don't believe this if they're not in country, but country is kind of like going into the Christian format. If you don't live the lifestyle, they will see that pretty rapidly.
1: Yeah, and I I don't know if this is still happening, but there was a period of time there, especially as a lot of that country stuff went more pop with Luke Bryan and Blake mm-hmm. Shelton and all those type of artists there was a period of time where all the country stations were looking for CHR type jocks. Oh yes. And so I, I think they saw, I mean, I was head by a couple of country stations and there were a couple of gigs that I, you know, I had, you know, applied for and didn't get, but um, that I had talked to. And it was kind of the thing for a while that they were like, we want to do country, but present it like CHR. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. if you don't have a love for that music, um, then you can't really present it right you know what i mean i think people who do country and do it well love it bobby bones he loves being in that environment he made the switch from top 40 uh, top 40 to country but he loves it and so it works me i was listening to hip-hop on my way into work and i think people sniff that out (laughs) hip-hop country
0: guy you like it all right. So, listen. You did spend eleven plus years in Las Vegas, KLUC. And listen, it's just exactly what you said. This is the this is the radio station that you grew up listening to. You seem to also have worked your way through that entire radio cluster, or at least that station. Yeah. What drove you to make such a
1: contribution there? You know, I always you know, tell people as cheesy and corny as this sounds, uh, KLUC was absolutely my first love. Uh, when mm-hmm. I applied for the job on the street team, when I finally got the courage to do that, I and I was waiting for them to call me back. I had a KLUC banner that I had taken from an event and I hung on my wall. I had gotten I had thought about it so much that it made me nauseous, sick to my stomach that I was I was so excited and nervous. And I, I remember saying, like, I have to take a break from thinking about this because it's affecting my physical health. And finally, I got the phone call. And I had, I was pretty persistent with the promotions director. And I called him. And finally, he goes, you know what, John, and I, I remember where I was, I remember where I was driving. And uh, his name was Baby Davey. And he goes, your persistence has paid off. Uh, we'd like to invite <laughs> you on the street team. Um, it's going to be 725 an hour. Uh and that's and, when you knew you made it, right? 725 an hour. Oh my god, yeah. And, and at the time, I was at Famous Footwear making 11.37 an hour, but this pay cut meant nothing to me because right. I was like I will give everything up uh to go and, you know, set up a tent and hand out CDs and stickers and you know, back then, this is 2006, you know, we would we would do three or four remotes a week. And we would put stickers on cars. And if you had a sticker on your car, you get a CD. And like, um, to me, that was a a dream come true at that point, you know, Um, even though in the beginning, I had said, I don't want to do that. Once I got to do it, I was like, this is so much fun. Um, And of course, I wanted to be on the air. But that's, I guess, as the story develops.
0: Yes, listen, you ended up doing afternoons, you already said this at KLUC, which had to be kind of a heady thing and during this time i want to know did you determine you really wanted to do mornings or
1: had you just always wanted to do mornings uh you know i'll 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 say this and maybe you remember this maybe you don't there i always wanted to do mornings um mm-hmm. i you know as i said i grew up in vegas and angie same we both grew up in las vegas listening to kluc whether or not you listened to 98.5 in vegas was a measure of how cool you were as a kid growing up no joke and i remember being on do you remember the radio info message boards mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i remember coming up with some stupid name on there and asking for advice and i think most of those people were non-radio people who just wanted to work in radio and criticize radio people but i remember going in there and saying i want to do a show like Cheb Buchanan at KLUC one day, that's my dream. How do I do that? And I remember somebody gave me some sort of advice. I don't remember what it was. Um, but ultimately, uh, I had messaged Kat Thomas, uh, on MySpace. Oh. He sent me a, a really cool message back saying, wait, 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 stop. Go stop. Sorry. Back. I'm going and, and No, no, of-
0: no, 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 no. This is very important. You just said something that I just can't let be covered up. You messaged him where? Oh, on MySpace. That's what I thought. I, I was like, I,
1: I developed a little tick when you said that. But go ahead. So I messaged Cat Thomas on MySpace, and I, you know, I, I'd been listening to KLUC since I was a kid. I knew he was the program director. I knew that you know he had been there a long time. And I asked for his advice if I wanted to get started in radio. What should I do? And he said, you know, find people who have done what you want to do and follow the path um, that they took to success. And you know, along the way, you're going to find your own um footing but you know start at the bottom I would invite you to apply on the street team and it and that it actually took me about a year before I did that um that's pretty good advice yeah uh and so and and I did I mean I I looked at those people I, I those guys at KLUC Chet um Spence JB who's still there as the operations manager to me those were my you know, superstar celebrities in my mind. Right. Like those were yes. my Brittany and Justin and like, because I was so obsessed back then. And I remember thinking like, Oh man, I could meet these people. And then I've yeah, been right? with them for over a decade, which is pretty wild. So you feel like you
0: knew them already. Yeah. All right. So here's where things get really interesting, at least for me, right. after KLUC, you were the host of a three person morning show in San Diego who was on that team? What, what,
1: tell me about that. So, uh, I, I got an opportunity when I saw that mornings opened up at 91X. I was like, well, this is something I got to apply uh, for. Yeah. Um, Jared, uh, and and I'm sorry that t- some of the timelines of these things are kind of crazy and wacky. And, um, but Jared was our producer in third mic. Jared had worked with Angie and I. Um, when I was doing afternoons in Vegas, uh, 2016, 2017, we, Jared and Angie and I did a show from my home, uh, from my guest bedroom that aired in Searcy, Arkansas, um, and Burlington, Vermont, and then, uh, also in in mornings and then aired in afternoons edited down versions. Wait, 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 Uh, alongside your other jobs yeah so i was doing afternoons and imaging at kluc and then i was Mm -hmm. doing this other show from home with angie and jared um and that is how with the air checks with from that is how i got picked up to go to 91x in uh that's killer that's just killer so the the situation in in san diego was this um they already they had danielle in place there danielle Hmm? Uh, was my co-host there. She had been there for a couple of years. Um, Angie had just had a baby. Uh, and Angie said, look, you know, we had been doing this show for my guest bedroom. She said, you got to go take that job. I just had a baby. I'm not going anywhere. You go have fun. And I wish you the best. And I said, are you sure you're not going to hate me forever? And she was like, yes. Um, so then I was, I went to San Diego. I was working with uh, both Danielle and Jared, uh, the good thing about, um, that dynamic, um, is that it really was like, I got to live the dream now, right? Like I'm doing a three person, uh, morning show. Um, you're in it. I'm in it. We have Tracy Johnson who, uh, was our, uh, uh, uh don't get to talking about Tracy yet. Cause I'm going to bring him up next. Okay. Okay. So I'll just end it at that we had Tracy Johnson. Um, and, and we were off and running and, um, ultimately i as i wasn't a fit for country i don't think i was a fit for alternative either i ended up getting Mm. like that job um and and it's okay you know what i mean and yeah in in the way that things in the moment i was terrified because i was like oh i'm living in san diego and it's expensive and now i don't have a job um but and that's not cool and that's not cool um but a few months later um i got a job and and as things have turned out since then it's all been you know the ultimate blessing i mean now i'm in seattle i couldn't ask for
0: yeah than you know what so, i got so listen john i talk to business owners and managers in our business all the time about the value of good coaching yeah, this gives us another great opportunity to make that point. Okay. This podcast is about encouraging radio pros at all levels. You may not know that I believe in something that I think I made up called the theory of abundance. Okay. And you know that in our business, people don't like talking about competitors. They don't like talking about like one consultant may not like talking about the other. This is none of that's true for me. I like to call people out that I think are excellent. Yeah, but I'm not going to do that here because I'm going to let you do it. So here's what this means. I actually encourage everyone in our business. Tell us about the impact of Tracy Johnson on you.
1: Well, I'll tell you right now. Tracy Johnson was part of my interview process at 91X. And I I remember thinking I'll have all the answers to all the questions. And uh, he certainly challenged me in everything that I thought I knew. And I think, um, I think coming up at KLUC in Las Vegas, I think that I was lucky to learn from the people that I did there um, in terms of learning fundamentals and learning how to sound natural on the air, then going to work. Uh, uh, w- with Tracy Johnson, because, you know, he lives in San Diego. And so it wasn't a normal consulting thing. He was there every single week. And he was a big, oh, you were lucky, you were lucky, lucky, very lucky. And he, re- I mean, completely changed my whole outlook on radio. And, you know, one of the things that I'll, I'll share here that I think blew my mind is something that's so obvious But in the way we are naturally as human beings, we want to see our shows as linear. We want to feel like there is a beginning and an end. And that's why we start at 6 a.m. and we go, hi, how was your night last night? Well, good to talk to you. Mm. And then we go to 10 o'clock and we say, all right, well, have a great day. Bye bye. We we want to because that feels natural, like a movie. There's a beginning. and And what I learned from Tracy Johnson is that that's not how we are experienced by our audience and it really upended everything that you know i i I think i thought um yes he said you know people are only listening for a certain amount of time as much as you want to think that people are starting with you at six and ending with you at ten it's just not Mm -hmm. the case and i think that's right um maybe the one of the most valuable things that i learned from tracy johnson I mean, so many, I learned a lot in regards to prep from Tracy Johnson. Um, I learned a lot, uh, you know, quality versus quantity with Tracy Johnson. Um, but I would say, you know, really getting it through my brain and understanding that our show is not linear, that people are in and out. And we Mm -hmm. do come in at six o'clock and say, Hey, you know, how you doing? And kinda, um, well, our show starts at five starting tomorrow, but, um, Uh, We do open it up and we do say goodbye. But in terms of presenting the rest of the show, we very much do our best to present the show as something that you can enjoy at any point, like at any point, it's your beginning or your end. And we hope that you're, satisfied with what we're giving you. You know what I mean?
0: And that's, that's a powerful thing for morning show talent. I actually dial that up as a specific number. So I ask, I ask morning shows that I work with, how long is your show? And usually people will say like four hours and I go, not a chance. There's no way that your show is that long. And (laughs) when they find out how long their show is, they're really like, what? But it makes sense. You know, it's what Tracy is saying about, it, make it to where you can come in and out of it because that's the way it works. Yeah. Now, th- at this point, John, yeah, we're going to have to invite somebody else sure. onto our podcast episode and you know this person well as Angie. So Angie, would you say hello?
2: Hi. Thank Hi. you for having me.
0: Oh, Angie, I think you know from the pre show get together that we had that I am completely thrilled. And I want to ask both of you, and I'll let you guys take over for a minute. Your show is simply fun. Where does that come from? Do you want to
2: start it? No, well? no, or, oh. Why is our show fun? Um, I.
0: Think- Where does it come from?
2: I think that Moog and I genuinely enjoy each other. Like, it doesn't feel like a job to us. I mean, obviously, we think about what's going to make the show work and whatever. But I think we just genuinely enjoy talking to each other and making each other laugh. And it never feels like work. I don't know. I just think it's fun because we're having fun while we're doing it, right?
1: Yeah, you know what, I would, I would agree with that wholeheartedly, you know, um, our, it it's not only fun when we're on the air, it's, it's fun when we're off the air. And uh, I'll say this is not a bragging point. There's a reason that I'm saying this, but I've lost um, uh, a little over 70 pounds. And it has helped it one way there have been several times since we've been doing our show together, that I've been laughing so hard off the air. That I thought I was going to, I felt like I was literally going to pass out. My <laughs> big old body was not able to handle that without like almost passing out. Now that I lost a little bit of weight, I don't contend with that so much. I can just laugh <laughs> without having to worry about hitting the deck. But yeah, I think that we just genu- genuinely enjoy each other on the air and off the air, and um, it, you know, I, I think in this business we're lucky to have that. And I oh. think
2: with oh.
0: No, it's really true. And listen, I'll just insert this right quick, that the all three of us were talking about chemistry and you two have it and you two have everything you do. I mean, I'm sure that even though this is audio only, people can hear you smiling. I can hear it all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think so too. And it's, um, you know, our, our chemistry, I think, is, is one of the things that sets us apart. And I think that... Unfortunately, in this industry, um, for better or worse, a lot of times people just end up paired together. I think if you can find the right person, it's worth it. Um, A lot of times it's like, well, you know, we have this person and we need, you know, a male co host or whatever. Right. right? Um, I think that, you know, look, it's 2022. If there's all these weird. uh, 2023. Oh God! It's twenty
2: twenty
1: three. Yeah. The idea is though that it's got to be you know a guy and a girl or you know it, it. Oh yeah, we got a male host, so we need a laughing girl. Well, you know. Wait, and what? It, that it's that it has to be a man or a woman. It could be a woman and a woman. Um, and and ju- and you know what? There's also on the other side of that. There's sometimes where you know there's two guys can make a great show on a women you know a, a targeted radio station. Um. In our case, it's not something where somebody said, well, we have this person, will it work? It's very intentional that we're doing our show together. And there's not one of us who's gone. Oh, I wish the other one would, you know, bounce or get fired or anything like that. And so without that boulder in the way, you know, the, the possibilities are endless. I well, think not, what's really Ooh. Go ahead.
2: Oh, I was going to say, I think what works really well with us too, Moog, is that we, I think we, we're not combative with each other. Like, I genuinely want to make you crack up and you genuinely want to make me crack up. And then when you are cracking me up, I want to laugh even more. So I try to contribute in a way that will make whatever you're saying even funnier and vice versa. You do that for me. So it's always just mutual support to make the situation as fun as possible and it's never like i need to steal the limelight here no i want to be the funny one here you know what i mean
0: right are you both morning show people are you both morning
1: people you know what i mean Mm. i don't know i'm a morning person because i i always wanted to do a morning show but i think Mm. if if, if if morning shows didn't involve the morning, I think I'd probably sleep in a little bit more. <laughs> but I
2: yeah, I have children, so I gave up the idea of sleeping in twelve uh, years ago. So
0: yeah, that being a mommy thing is that's huge. Men can't handle that. You know that, right? Being a mom, yeah. 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 Forget it. Yeah, we're, we're, it's like, no, no, sit down. Okay. So listen, John, and, and I don't want to lose Angie. So Angie, you're with us for the rest of what we're doing here after San Diego, John, you became yeah. the brand manager of town square and Boise. Can you talk about Moog and Angie in the morning? How was it created
1: and why Angie? Uh, yeah. So I got the gig in Boise at mix 106 as assistant brand manager. Uh, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Chris Pickett was the operations manager there. There was no specific brand manager, I guess, for that station, but I was kind of assistant brand manager for that station. And I uh, did imaging. I ended up being the national hot AC imaging director uh, there for a while too. Um, nice. Uh, but once I got to Boise, um, uh, it, it was me and one other person and uh, they decided, okay, we want to make a change. And I said, all right, um, and they said do you do you know anybody that you think would be great for this position and i said well actually i do uh in fact there's somebody that i would prefer um and i i'd mentioned how angie and i had done the show in uh in searcy arkansas burlington vermont and all that that i had mentioned earlier um and i even had audio of us together and so um chris pickett really liked that and uh angie Got to talking with him and then Angie decided, you know what, I'm going to fly myself out there um, and I'm going to meet this guy. And uh, and she did. And he really liked her. And next thing you know, um, she's moving out to Boise. Wait, Angie, you flew yourself out there on your
0: dime?
2: Yeah. So so Mug had told me, like, listen, I was talking to Chris Pickett. He thinks that maybe you'd be good, whatever, but that there's nothing that he can do until the end of the book. And so I asked what, what was the date of the end of the book? And so he told me and I said, okay, so I booked a flight (laughs) for that day. And I said, just get me a meeting with him. And Mug had told Chris Pickett that I did that. And I think that made Pickett know I was like serious. So we started talking before I even flew out there. So by the time I did fly myself out there, I signed my contract right then.
0: All right. No, wait, Wild. (laughs) when you guys did this and Angie, when you flew out there and when, when they said yes, and you signed, okay. From that moment forward, you guys are a unit, right? That's it. You're done. This is it. This is the show.
2: I mean, it was really such a dream come true because, Mog and I had been trying to become a show essentially for like six years at this point.
1: Yeah, no joke. Six years.
2: Six years. Uh, So then to finally in 2014 is when John Mog and I met and we, you know, knew that we had to do a show together like that that was going to be the end all be all for us. And so it was six years he had mentioned earlier, trying to take me to Denver, um, San Diego, but like, obviously that wasn't gonna work because I had just had a baby. Um, And then finally getting to, to come together in Boise, it was just huge, especially because I got a job in morning radio, like my dream in the middle of the pandemic. It was 2020, July, 2020 is when. And it was, I just couldn't believe that I was uprooting my life and moving to Boise, Idaho to start this dream. That
0: really sounds crazy, right?
2: Yeah, I couldn't believe it felt so surreal. Sometimes this all still feels very surreal. I know.
0: So Angie, your contribution to this show is special. And I say that because I coach shows all across the country. I, I know it's really special. I've heard it. What is it like working with John? Cause John is really special too.
2: I, what I love about working with Moog is that I think our relationship is rooted in respect and trust and love. And I think that, I, I feel very free to be myself. Moog has said this about me. And every time he says it, it makes me like want to cry. Is that he says that I have the ability to dance like no one's watching. Like I just go for it. And he never tries to restrain me.
0: I he totally agree with that.
2: Yeah. Just lets it happen, goes with the flow and then like supports me so that I just think we have such a good back and forth, and it feels so comfortable and so easy because I can trust my partner completely, right. And I think that's really special. And I appreciate that about you a lot, John Moog. Oh, well,
0: so thank- you you guys are are like those videos that you see on Facebook where one partner is like standing there and the other partner's behind them, and you know that you can just fall back and they'll catch you, right? yeah yes and that's kind of what this show feels like maybe
1: yeah i i mean and and really in all aspects you know we we can trust each other in that sense we also know that if one of us is maybe circling the drain we know the other one's going to come in with a good out to get us out of bed you know and so um it's it's a really good dynamic and you know the, but that's the one thing that people always say when they compliment us is they're like, man, your chemistry is so good. Like, and and it's so funny because when you listen to our promos and I think that if I was going to take a bragging point, I would say that one of the things that I'm really good at is editing and putting together promos for our show. And we do a, a lot of them and they all sound good. And um, when you listen to the promos, it's not like it's, oh, this is, you know, uh, always a Moog punchline, or this is always an Angie punchline. Yeah. When listen to the funny moments in our show. There's usually this part where we both build on the joke until there's like a funny moment, and that's the the punchline, and that's what gets us out of the promo. And so um, it really is this, you know, thing where it's it's so much not a competition. Nobody's going, oh, well, you know, I want to be the funny one, or you want to be the funny one. I think that we're both funny in probably wildly different ways. We have similar senses of humor in terms that we get each other. Yeah, right. But our personalities are also so different too.
2: Yeah, I think our personalities are very different, but complement each other.
0: Well, and you know that that having that kind of thing in a morning show is really you—you've got something to grab onto. Whether you like Mm -hmm. this perspective or that perspective angie you know this is common next question for you is this one and it's different than the, probably what you're expecting i can assure you right now uh, because it came from just talking to you oh. i want to know about you in this way you start doing these shows with john yeah. where you guys totally made this thing up and you're on in arkansas and you're on you know in the other market and then you become part of this show. And, and now suddenly Boise and then Seattle, how have you grown and, and how has John helped you grow as a morning show partner?
2: Um, I, in the beginning, I, I came into this with obviously no experience. I wasn't in the radio world at all. Um, Except for that I loved radio. I grew up listening to the same station that John Moog did. We were both KLEC fanatics. Um, and so I really kind of didn't know what I was doing. And I there were a lot of moments in the beginning where I just kind of felt like scared, like almost that imposter syndrome thing. Mm. Um, but I remember before <laughs> I was getting ready to, to move to Boise and Moog sent me I don't know if it was a text or an email, but it was this really lovely message that basically was saying like, hey, I feel like maybe you're going to experience some imposter syndrome. And I just want you to know that like you don't have to worry about it. (laughs) Like anything that you don't know, I will help you with. But there's already so much that you do know in terms of like just being a personality. So like, don't stress yourself out. I've got your back. And so that really put me at ease. And as um, we went through, you know, the early days of the show, then getting our bearings and whatever, um, Moog really encouraged me to take ownership of things and take initiative, which I was really scared to do because I didn't have experience, but John Moog did. And so I didn't want to like, well, what if my idea is stupid? What if I don't really know what I'm doing? But he always encouraged me to like, no, speak up. Yeah. What is your idea? Yeah. Let's okay, cool. We can do that. Or maybe this isn't the best idea, but let's talk through this and why like, and so now I feel like I take initiative more. I own things more and I um, don't feel like an imposter the way I used to.
0: And so the moral of this story, as you know, is that being partnered with John is like having an angel on your shoulder. And for those yeah. of us who are listening and thinking about, I want to be this big major market morning show, or I want to climb up in this business. And it's so tough, you know, it's like the more you give, the more you get back. Right.
2: Oh, yeah. hundred percent. One hundred percent.
1: All right. So. You this gotta, is really important. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was just saying, you you got to really take chances if you're going to succeed in this business.
0: Oh, I'm glad you said that. Do you feel like you've taken measured risk, or has it sometimes been hard to take the risk that you've taken, John?
1: Oh, I I've taken risks. I've burned bridges. Um, I've made decisions that I regret. I've made decisions that uh, I I love. Uh, ultimately, it, it's all got me you know, here to Seattle. And, um, I I love where I'm at right now. So I guess I wouldn't take any, anything back at -hmm. this point. Um, I've learned from every, you know, chance that I've taken, um, you know, this isn't where I'm at right now, maybe not location wise, but like this position isn't necessarily the end game. We have a lot of goals that we want to, you know, accomplish with our show. Um, you know maybe a lot of people have the same goals we would love to see this into syndication and um and all that nice but you know yeah you got to take chances in order for things to for good things to happen sometimes you got to right. take this chances. Is, this is a great
0: time to ask these two questions or at least I think it is so forgive me if i'm wrong but here we go i want to know from the two of you do you both believe that you you are responsible for your brand and for managing your career. And then what advice can you give others who want to move up in mornings? What would you say to somebody who who was that guy that always wanted to do mornings, but he's much younger than you and he's never had a radio job and whatever, and he calls you or emails you or, you know, John uh, sends you a message on MySpace.
1: <clears throat>
0: <laughs> what would you say to them?
1: You know, this is going to be the thing that everybody hates to hear. But Ooh. you hate to hear this because you just want to go straight to the top. Of course. But if you get that opportunity to go do a morning show in Tri-Cities, Washington, or Searcy, Arkansas, voice track even, um, in, but I think ultimately, you know, for a lot of people, you're going to have to make, you're going to have to physically move your life and make a life change. I think if you want to get there, um, you know, I, I, we did the show in Searcy, Arkansas, you know, essentially via voice tracking, we were pre-recording from home. Um, but I was in San Diego, I was in Vegas, um, going to Boise was definitely a change in market size. Um, but going to Boise is what ultimately made it so that I could bring Angie in. And now Angie and I are in Seattle uh, together.
2: Right. And I had to tell my husband who had a great job in Vegas. uh, Hey, we're, we're going to uproot our lives and move to Boise, Idaho, which is a big change. Was he,
0: was he singing from the choir when you did that?
2: Um, He looked at me like, I guess, (laughs) because he knew that this was my dream. And he had been along for, you know, the ride of, six years of Mo and I trying to make this happen. So Mm. the fact that it happened during the pandemic, he was like, well, if we're going to move at any time, this is the time then.
1: But, you know, I
2: uprooted my husband and my two boys. And then a year and a half later, I was like, guess what? We're moving to Seattle now, (laughs) but it is what it is. If you got to chase your dream.
1: Yeah. And and, And, so, so go ahead. And knowing, being smart enough to know that you don't know, everything Mm. you know if you get an opportunity you know i've been lucky enough to work with tracy johnson which is you know which was amazing angie and i worked with steve reynolds together uh nice town square um now our consultant is randy lane i I would say maybe the three best you know morning shows. yeah you're doing pretty good you're doing pretty good (laughs) there if you get an opportunity to learn from somebody, great. Learn from them, soak it all in. You know, not every not every nugget that you get from a consultant is always going to be um, a plus material. And you also have to be, you know, smart enough to decipher what works for you and what doesn't. But hundred percent, I would say, a, be fine with moving to a smaller market and working your way up, and b, um, be smart enough to know that you don't know everything.
0: All right, real quick, do you believe that you're managing, actively managing your career right now? Not your company. You are, John. You are, Angie. Yes or no? Yes.
2: D- yeah. That Does that go along with the branding question, if we're responsible yes. for our brand and everything? Yes. That's, I think that's something, and I've been talking about a lot lately. Uh, no one is going to care about your brand as much as you care about your brand.
0: Ding, ding, ding.
2: So, Yeah. I mean, for us, it's like making sure people say Mogan Angie Mornings is the name Mm -hmm. of the show, Mogan Angie Mornings. But a lot of people are like Mogan Angie in the morning, Mogan Angie show. And it's like, no, it's Mogan Angie Mornings. (laughs) And so, yeah, we we have to do the best that we can drilling just even the name of our show in and then all the Mm -hmm. stuff that we do on social media. Like we're the ones that are going to care about it the most. So we're the ones that are going to be trying to brand ourselves.
0: Who's better at social? You or John, Angie?
2: I used to think it was me. I think it's Moog.
1: I think we're different. Good at social. I'm good at putting together videos and things like that. Angie's better at, at just getting on and doing like a fun story or something like that. I I think we have different um, things that we add to social media. Well, John, I I would go so far as to
0: say this. I I when she said to me that you said to her, she dances like nobody's watching. That's yeah. what she sounds like on your show. That's yeah. that's what it sounds like.
2: Yeah. It's
0: very real, right?
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. So she, that has to translate into social. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, we've done some really good videos this year and, you know, as always, we want to, you know, put more of that kind of content out there. Social is very important. Managing our brand is very important to us. Um, I am a person who has been, uh, let go in radio before. And, uh, mm. I I'm, I'm not naive enough to think that, um, it can happen again. So I'm always so in terms of your question about managing our career, I'm a person who's always prepared. I always have updated air checks and you know, I'm I'm always ready to go in the worst case scenario. Now we love it here. My wife loves it here. Um, she's really, you know, created a community here. And so, you know, the goal would be to stay here for a long time and launch into something. Oh, for sure.
0: And, so and- l- let me try to translate this for the people who might listen, who are in the Lotus company. What John is saying is that he's very humble, right? <laughs> he's very humble. So he's, he knows that he could be fired. Yeah. He is making the contribution that he thinks is, is excellent. And he wants to excel where he is. Yeah. Now, John and Angie, uh, I've been nice to you in this interview so far. I hope you agree. Yeah. But, Now comes the nastiness, you know, no good deed comes without (laughs) punishment of some kind.
2: Are you going to call me a B word? I'm just kidding. No. (laughs) Oh,
0: my gosh. I would be in so much trouble with my wife. No, absolutely not. Um, But I'm going to ask you the toughest question. and, And look, nobody knows the future, but we all like to hear what people think. So I would be interested in both of your perspectives. What do you think the future of radio looks like to you right now?
1: You want to go first? You want me to go?
2: Ah, uh, yeah, you go first.
1: Um here's here's what I think the inevitable truth is. Um I remember at one point, maybe a decade ago, when Ryan Seacrest was on in mornings in LA and voice tracked all these midday shows, uh being weirdly resentful and going, you know how many um midday people don't have a job because Ryan Seacrest has a midday job? Um, and you can say that about a lot of syndication and, and things like that. Um, ultimately, I think as time goes on for radio, there's going to be more syndication and more voice tracking. And you can either a, be the guy that gets blown out, or you could b be the one that's getting syndicated everywhere. And, you know, for me, I would rather be the one that's being syndicated everywhere. Uh, the other part of this is I think radio is. Um, becoming much more, whether you want it to or not, becoming much more of a visual medium. I think that um, increasing your status on um, Instagram and TikTok is obviously important. I think that one day, you know, some people say that one day they're just gonna turn the transmitters off and these brands, Kiss FM is a brand, Z100 is a brand, will probably live on. Um, but i think that as time goes on it's going to become more and more a visual medium and so i think in in one way or another you got to prepare yourself for the fact that it's going that way so learn how to do video you know make yourself look presentable if this was 1995 we could all show up in our pajamas every single day and live happily ever after nobody would ever be you know know the difference um but i think that you really got to think about your entire presentation as radio goes on because no matter what there's going to be more and more competition for radio Um, yes and it's all coming outside of radio you know there's only so many signals in the market but there's always going to be more options on spotify there's always going to be more options on youtube and now you know, there's ways for people to access those things in their car. And so we're competing with a lot. And so I think that you just got to get yourself prepared for the future as best as you can.
2: Right. She, let, let's why, hear from you. I, I mean, I think everything that John Moog thinks. No, I mean, I agree with <laughs> Moog. And I think that that's why it's really important to us to build our brands and to put it across all the platforms that we can, because in the event that the transmitters are turned off and terrestrial radio, as we know it, dies, we can live somewhere else because good content is good content. So mm-hmm. if you if it's not going to live on forever as radio, it can live on, on Spotify as a podcast, um, on Reels, on TikTok, on Facebook Live, or whatever new streaming platform that will inevitably come out. But as long as you focus on your brand and building your brand so that it's accessible in all you know, streaming and all platforms, then I think you can, we'll, as radio people will be able to survive whatever comes at radio to knock it out.
0: I love everything that we just did in the last couple of minutes. And when I say we, I, I really mean the two of you, John and Angie, I want you to know that I listen So I want you to hear me when I say this, Mogan Angie Mornings. Branding's correct, right? Yes. Yes. And thank you for being our guest today on this podcast episode.
1: Well, thank you for inviting us to to be a part of it. Uh, Yeah, thank you. It was very fun
0: this is how we encourage others. We let them hear somebody, their story. And I'm so grateful to the two of you. Listen, get more free resources to help your sellers with our encouraging sales success series inside the blog at brainmakerpathway.com. Anytime we're here to encourage radio pros at all levels, subscribe anytime to the encouragers, the radio rally podcast, on Apple, Audible, Spotify, almost anywhere you get your podcast. You can listen to the episodes in our large and growing archive and our new episodes, usually every Monday. And of course, I guarantee that you're going to be encouraged. You're going to get that feeling of lift. And the reason I know this, I know that you're going to learn unexpected and valuable things because of the value of our guests. We're so fortunate to have great guests. If you know somebody you would like to hear as a guest on The Encourager the Radio Rally podcast. Uh, It's pretty simple. Just have them email me or you email me F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. I hope you have a great week. Like we say, uh, of course, at Rainmaker Pathway and on the Radio Rally, once you have a radio station, you get anything else you want. If you want to know what I mean by that, call me up. I'm not embarrassed to share. We want to thank our special guest for this event and podcast, John And Angie, who were absolutely patient and giving guests for us a very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the encouragers, the radio rally podcast, which will be available within minutes. We're going to distribute it on social and share it with John and share it with Angie and uh I also want to thank JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. If you haven't done this already, please do share the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast with others that you know are interested in growing their careers in audio and radio. Please remember this. If you don't remember anything else from us, be kinder than you have to be. Thanks for being a part of the Radio Rally and the Encouragers. And good night.